Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
Let's talk about a song that Taylor Dane did called Dance with a Stranger. And did you write this for her or was this? No, this is a, hopefully another good story. You and I were talking about the value of stories and this is this is a funny one. I write on my own a lot and I certainly did at that time because I didn't know that many co-writers. I wrote it on my own, demoed it at my house with a great singer from Indianapolis named Duran, very great soul singer. So back to my mentioning just signing with Miles Copeland's company and my friend Torkel Creevy. I'd done the song, Torkel loved it, and he and I were out in LA to meet different people and do different stuff. And he said, you know what? Tina Turner is looking for a song for the greatest hits. Now, this is way before the one that eventually got recorded by Tina. This is Tina right at the height of everything. Greatest hits coming. He said, we're looking for a one song for a single from the greatest hits. Everybody in the world is trying for this song. So, and Torkel, God love him. He goes, look, I'm just going to go over to Capitol Records and knock on the door. I think I know somebody. And I'm just going to leave this. It was probably a cassette. I think it was a cassette. So I'm going to leave the cassette with him. And I thought, well, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> this will be, who knows. And we went to lunch. And I swear, maybe an hour after he dropped this, we're eating lunch. And he gets a call going, we love this song for Tina. And said, thank you. This is amazing. This is meant to be. It's perfect for her. It's just what we need. Thank you. So he and I celebrate big time. I go back home eventually. Everybody involved is thinking, you know, we need to be pricing new cars and new homes. <laughs> this is how songwriters think, especially young ones. You're thinking, well, I'm just going to make a fortune. I wrote it on my own. You know, I thought this is just magic. And you think it's meant to be, you know, it's just great. I did not write it with her in mind completely, but a little bit because I knew she was looking. So probably in the back of my mind, there was some Tina there. So I thought this is all perfect, you know. I get home and there's a call eventually, I want to say maybe two weeks later, going, we're not going to do it. Somehow we got to the bottom of it and found that everybody, including the producer, wanted to do it. Tina heard it and just said no. Can't argue with Tina. <laughs> Nobody did, that's for sure. <laughs> they sure didn't convince her. But you know what I know what it was, Doug, over the years is that what I learned is that she was an artist who didn't want to repeat herself. I gave her a song that sounded absolutely like her and she didn't want to do it. You're back to the, you know, like my angel is here story. You're back to the songwriting grieving you know, episode. I'm like, oh man, I went from like thinking we're going to make a bundle and it'll be great. And it's all perfect to what am I doing now? I remember being in my studio and get a call from somebody with a distinctive New York voice said, Taylor Dane's going to call you in five minutes. <laughs> I said, wow. Okay. Don't know how you got my number. I don't know Taylor Dane, but great. <laughs> you didn't know who she was? I knew she was. But I didn't know her. Okay, okay. Oh, but you didn't know her. Okay. <laughs> I did like her a lot. She was coming off big hits. So I'm thinking, well, maybe we're back in the game. You know, this is, maybe this is really good. I get a call from, you know, five minutes later and she goes, Collie, which I hate somebody calling you by your last name. I remember that always. Collie. And I went, yeah. And she goes, Taylor Dane. I went, yeah. Nice. Great to meet you. I love your song. I said, terrific. She said, I got one problem. I want you to change one line. And I said, then that would be, and she said, you got a line in there about a saxophone, which backing up just for a second was one of my favorite lines in the song. It's an example of like object writing. I used a line like lonely saxophone, meaning, you know, you're in New Orleans, you throw the windows open and you hear blues coming from a saxophone. 
I thought it's a very descriptive line, probably one, one I took some pride in. She said, you got to change that for me. And I thought, okay, I will. And I said, can I ask you why? And she said, yeah, I don't have an effing sax in my band. <laughs> the song has a saxophone crescendo at the end of it. That's what I got, though. <laughs> she, took it, she took it out of the song, had, but then put it in, uh, in the recording. Yeah. So she goes, can you change the line? I said, yeah, being, you know, songwriter <laughs> starving, not starving, but, you know, I could use it. I said, you got it. She said, call you back in five minutes. Five minutes was the key to the whole conversation, I guess. So calls me back five minutes, goes, you got anything? And I went, yep. And I rattled off a couple. And maybe the third one, she went, yeah, that's good, thanks. And hung up <laughs> and did the song. And the album went gold. as the first album I was part of that went gold. It was not a single, but um, did get a lot of airplay, FM airplay. And I love what she did with it. And I met her years later, finally, thanked her and stuff. It was, it was all good. But the phone call was just hilarious to me. You know, I don't have an effing sax. I said, okay. I almost said, what difference does that make? <laughs> you know? <laughs> One of the things I love about the production is the guitar in the second verse kind of is an echo response of the lyric. And all the instruments that play in that section are sort of featured independently of each other. Give it a listen if you didn't. You need to re-listen to your own song. <laughs> well, you've had some really good insights that are, some are new to me. So yeah, I will listen to that. It's interesting. The production is really clever in this regard. And I think that this is a very lyrically interesting song because it's about someone who is coming off a breakup, right? Or can't get over a love and wants to dance with a stranger. And so it's a real disco era feel. And I don't, you know, I don't know that I think people would just go on Tinder or match today to dance with a stranger rather than going to a disco. So it kind of has this time and place that's different. Although I really think that today's people should get out there and dance with strangers in real life rather than online. It's going to be a while, isn't it? What I love about it, Doug, especially is my family and I had just come from New Orleans, just a little family vacation. And as I said, I wrote the song on my own, and I probably was thinking of somebody like Tina. I know I've, I've written about this episode of writing the song, and I wanted to tell a woman's story who was a strong woman, but coming off a bad break, and Southern, which Tina was. So there's probably more Tina than I remember until I start talking. But yeah, I, I wanted to paint a picture and tell a story about a woman who's Surviving a heartbreak by going to a different city in the South. The language is, is Southern. You know, I ain't got none. There's a lot of, you know, language of a narrator in it. I could pick up a little bit on the vibe because I'd just been there. So I imagined her being in a hotel without aircon, big French windows you throw open, music coming from the street, and just wanting, you know, human contact, not a relationship. Didn't want to be picked up, all that kind of stuff. So I really did kind of map out a little short story. And I was really pleased with it. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLN's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.